Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Okay. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News, where we go over the stories that interest us from this clown world that we live in. So to kick us off, you have myself, your host for this evening, Ashley, and then we will start ladies first. We have Stella Q from Down Under. Hello, Stella. Hello, everyone. We have our favorite mathematician, Terry from Canary. Hey, Terry. Hello, everybody. And then we have our old favorite, America's sweetheart, Justin. Hey, how's everyone doing? All right, great. Well, we will go ahead and get right into it. We have a lot to talk about today. So the first thing that I want to talk about, and I wanted to see if y'all are on board with this, but um, someone was asking to declare a pandemic amnesty. Now, I will tell you what the internet said, which is absolutely bleeping not. You can go bleep yourself. <laughs> um, we're, we don't need amnesty and we're not giving it to you. Um, so before we get into the discussion, I'll just give you the highlight of this story, but it has been literally all over the internet, all over independent uh, news media, because people are, I think people are really like, are you serious? Are you even serious right now? So the author of this article posted in the Atlantic is Emily Oster. The title is Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. So this woman is co-teaching currently a class at Brown University, and she has written this article to make it sound like she wants to declare a pandemic amnesty and basically saying a, a sort of apologizing or saying like, okay, okay. It was like over the top with masking outside and closing down beaches and things like that. But ultimately this article does not apologize. It does not do anything except for um, further try to condemn the people who were trying to speak common sense about this whole issue from the very start. The people who cared about you know, human rights, meaning you don't get to shut me down. You don't get to keep me out of church. You don't get to keep me from the beach. You don't get to keep me, um, you know, from life. These, these are a violation literally of human rights. And in the United States is a violation of our constitutional rights. Um, so there really is no apology in this. It's more like, oh, well, like I shouldn't have traumatized my four-year-old to wear a mask outside and scream at other <laughs> children. Like it was, it was, it's really maddening. Um, and then the, the worst part about the article and the whole thing is a real stinker, but is towards the end, she says politicians will need to consider school mandates. So ultimately, even though we are very well aware, it's very painfully obvious at this point, the damage that has been done by the old stickeroo that, um, you know, people are dying. We know that. And then she's still continuing to say that school 
you know, schools may need mandates. And of course the children are extremely vulnerable to this. So it's just disgusting. It's more of the same, even though it's titled under the guise of let's declare pandemic amnesty. Well, yes. Uh, I did a bit of a dive into Emily Austin myself. And uh, what's really disgusting is that she is, she's a data health expert. Um, she, she particularly specialises in parenting um, young people's health, better decision-making in health. She understands the data. That's her job. She's an economist. She understands converting data into spin, basically, propaganda. She's a propaganda expert. Yes. Um, she was also in Times list of 100 most influential people of 2022, small note. Um, Here's a weird thing with her, though. She's written a number of papers. I think it's about 32, 33 papers, three books. One of the papers that she wrote is uh, its real weird. It's called Witchcraft, Weather and Economic Growth in Renaissance Europe. Hmm. Um, and basically, like, mm -hmm. it's not terribly relevant, but the whole paper, it's, it's fairly extensive, is uh, basically about um, the economy, uh, how witchcraft and the weather and the economy were all tied in together. Um, it, when, you, when you look into it, I won't go into it because it's, it's way off the charts, but it's very, very interesting. So she has a very deep understanding of um, society and how they respond uh, to spin because a lot of that was spin. Oh, the mm -hmm. witches are creating the, the weather. You know, it would, only, it would only go one way or the other a little bit and the witches would get the blame for the harvest being, you know, spoiled or what have you. And millions of people died because they were accused of being witches. Um, so, yeah, she's got this very extensive uh, paper about that um, in her conflict of interest form as well. She's a paid contributor to C CNN, uh, mm. New, York, New York Times, Washington Post, all that, that mob. She's so in a couple of talent agencies so she can uh, be hired as a speaker. I'm glad that you brought this up. This is a really good point because you're bringing a different insight into it. But just this week on the propaganda report, Brad Binkley was speaking about her. And he even mentioned the fact that he thought that this was an operation, that this was more um, essentially psychological warfare. And I agree with him. And I really like mm -hmm. what you're bringing about that, Stella. And I think it ties in together really nicely with, that very thing it it totally is without a doubt psychological warfare and she's not asking for amnesty so that we can just get back to being you know 2008 again they right. want amnesty so that you forgive them so that they can turn right around and do the same shit again yeah these we are, all know these it's are not over. evil people yes yeah he's an interesting little thing so as well a, um <laughs> Sorry, Terry, I know you're on a little bit of a delay today, so that could be a little awkward. If you want to say something, put your hand up. Man. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> um, in the biography of, of her, too, yeah. there was an interesting little yeah, thing it. here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Emily Oster, uh, uh, some time ago, got involved in some other dude who was saying that 100 million women in India, was it? Let me do that. Anyway, she, she basically set out to find this supposed 100 million women that would, had sort of gone missing statistically in the developing world. 
and it was supposedly about uh, misogynist medical care and outright sex selection in abortion, etc. Hmm. So she she went out to uh, you know look at the data, and she said that um, she basically, with her data and all her research, she could account for fifty percent of these missing women. Three years later, she then published another paper amending her findings, stating that after all, a bit of more research. It actually had nothing to do with the missing women. But she was applauded for this. <laughs> she was applauded for the fact that she came out and admitted she made this massive mistake. And it was like, oh, well done. We, you have our respect. Hmm. So that was interesting. I agree. It's, it's just, it's insane what we've, uh, can, we've can, I, can I butt in here? Please. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I know I'm on a delay. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased Ashley brought this article up because it made me so friggin' angry that I, I want to channel my inner Alec Jones or maybe um, Sam Tripoli and go on a rant about this this awful bloody woman who is not sorry at all, like you say, Ashley. Um, and she's basically in the article using a, what is effectively the Nazi defence, saying, you know, well, we were just following government orders, so don't blame me, you know, it's not not my fault. Uh, and I think it's a good comparison because I actually believe we're in, in the midst of a, our own Holocaust. Well, arguably, more people are getting killed than were, were killed during the Second World War. Yes. And people like her are responsible for it. And, and someone from Breitbart commented and summed it up well for me. He said, um, you're not sorry because if given the chance, you'll do it all over again. You're not actually sorry for what you've done. You're Your argument yes. is that, well, you know, we, we were doing these things and they didn't really work. As you say, she's not interested in, in individual rights or the Constitution or anything. She thinks that if it was a, you know, if it really was a dangerous disease, it would be okay to do it again. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. no time for it at all. And uh, the question a lot is that she's a retard. Because <laughs> Yeah, it's, I couldn't agree more, Terry. She talks, she talks proudly about them in the country and they have little secret signals to indicate if someone's coming along mm. so that they can mask up and presumably run away. Oh, I've got no time for her. Yeah. Justin, did you want to jump in there? It's, it's just definitely, it's not mad. They're, they're mad because they got caught. They're not mad that yeah. they screwed up. They're mad that they got caught and people want them to be held recount accountable for for what they've done well and the crazy thing is like to me it didn't even sound like like she still was going on about oh well there are some people who were or obviously like we you know like the misinformation pushers it so it basically was just like they're saying the same old thing so what pandemic amnesty is she even really talking about in the article the only thing that it sounded like to me was um as far as like oh well some people preferred the the j and j shot as opposed to the traditional mrna shot and they were just misguided i mean that's what it sounded like it wasn't anything about the atrocities that they have committed at all and it's yeah. it's, it's just sickening and here's here's the worst part they're gonna get. They're gonna get away with it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I just wanted to finish. She off means that an amnesty for her and people like like 
uh, imposed all these horrible things. Yeah. So just to round that Sorry. story Sorry. off, because oh. I know we've got to move on. Alex Jones there. <laughs> yes. Um, Go ahead, Sally. I just feel like she's the canary in the coal mine. I think they're sticking the probe into the meat of the turkey, us being the turkey meat. I think they're just testing us to see what our reaction is going to be with this. That's, I feel, yeah, she's a canary in the coal mine. For sure. Great they're candidate because she's such a propaganda spin bitch. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they're up to something with this for sure. So we'll continue to keep our eye on that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're obviously monitoring the situation as we sort of devolve into this, you know, neo-fascist one-world government, you know? we're Plutocracy. Yeah, we're literally all yeah. in it together and we're keeping an eye on it. So we'll keep our listeners up to date also. Alrighty, well, um, thanks for your input, everybody. And I want to go ahead, keep us moving right along. So Terry, why don't you go ahead with your story for this week? Uh, thank you very much. And uh, um, I'll apologize for the delay on my network. Anyway, uh, so uh, I, I thought, I come back on the Brazilian election uh, um, so that I can say, hey, I told you so, and hey, I told you so, <laughs> Bolsonaro lost narrowly to this uh, this jailbird Lula um, by less than 1% of the votes. Mm. Uh, it was the first time that a sitting president rerun back in the 90s, I think. It was a constitutional change that allowed presidents to run for a second term. Um, and as usual, there's a lot of dodgy stuff that, that might be familiar to um, our American viewers and listeners. Um, somebody did an analysis of the votes using um, this rather nifty mathematical law called Benford's Law, um, which they've applied to the American elections as well. And it means that there's a certain distribution you can expect amongst the, the leading digits of the number of votes cast. It's a bit kind of technical, but basically if there's a random distribution, you can expect the, the first digit of the number of votes cast to follow this law. Uh, and the votes for Lula don't follow the law. So that's an indication that there were some shenanigans going on. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and, and Lula, of course, course just like joe biden got records rallies uh, and seemingly quite a lot of brazilians don't really like him very much or have not, not even heard of him very much although he was a he was a president in the past apparently so um bolsonaro has not conceded yet but he was kind of um somebody did a mike pence on, on him one of his ministers threw him under the back so before bolsonaro had a chance to talk about it so he was like sort of uh, kneecapped by one of his ministers. He's seen what's going to happen. Bolsonaro says he's going to follow the constitution. Um, this has lessons for, for um, our American views election for going on the last uh, presidential election. You're living in cloud of cuckoo land, really, because the evidence for it is, is overwhelming. Right. Um, uh, I think I've finished, really. I don't know how much of that uh, got lost in the um, in with my bad connection, but um, basically a lot of shenanigans going on in the Brazilian election and uh, the globalists have simply got their man in power um, which is probably the plan all along. I, I want to make a little correction. I, I said last time that Bolsonaro got in a public argument with, um, who did I say? 
anyway, it wasn't the person I said, it was actually Tedros of the, Tedros What's-His-Face of the WA. Oh, that terrorist. It showed that he got in an argument with about the, his lockdown policy at a G20 summit. <laughs> terrorist, mm. yeah. Yeah, literally a former terrorist. They're going to call Bolsonaro a terrorist, of course. But, yeah, but Tedros, who really was a terrorist, he's... he's well, yeah, and the, the, not, someone the high up in the government was calling to uh, label Russia uh like a terrorist state and it's like have you never looked at the cia at one point the cia terrorists were fighting the nsa terrorists like mm -hmm. every enemy we've had in the past what 50 years we <laughs> armed trained and funded but i'm sorry I, that's a bit of a digression it just oh it gets yeah. these they're so sick those guys it makes me mad um, but <clears throat> back to Bolsonaro, do we know, is the army still kind of standing behind him? I, I saw some headlines. It looked like that the army was, was, was going to back him over the loop. I don't think they've said very much at the moment. So, um, it's all, you know, it's all, it's only just happened that the election result. Yeah. The election result was announced on the it, first, I think. So yesterday. So it's only, it's, it's all fairly. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. I don't remember where I saw it, where it was video of people trying to use the voting machine to vote for Bolsonaro. And just, so yeah. we don't really know what's going to happen yet. It's, it's, hold on. Hold I have to Google if they use Dominion voting machines in Brazil. And while... No, um, yeah, I, I meant to... You're right, Justin. I meant, I meant to mention that. I meant to mention mm. that. There was a video of somebody trying, trying to vote for Bolsonaro, pressing the button over and over again, and it wasn't working. Oh, go on. So it, um, you're still with us, Terry. So also, I wanted to chime in if, um, All right, great. for people to also remember that it was not very long ago, it might have been late August, that Bernie Sanders had submitted something to the Senate to make sure that if there was a coup in Brazil... <laughs> that the United States would sever, you know, basically their working relationship uh, with Brazil. So I just was like, really? Uh, come on, guys. It's just the same playbook. I was seeing a blip about the, the election this week. And of course, they're referring to um, Bolsonaro and the people that supported him as, you know, right wing. It's so old. It's so tired. And it keeps working on people it's great it's the, the exact same script and it's like when bernie sanders is submitting something to the senate about the brazilian election and you know that they're trying to set up bricks and you know that they love war the war machine then you know what they're doing stop falling for it yeah exactly <laughs> just want to shake the people so yes. I did some Googling, and it, on its face, it doesn't look like they have Dominion voting machines. Um, apparently, uh, I just saw who, it was a Brazilian company, um, Positivo Tecnologia, uh, one of the most recent bid to produce electronic voting machines. But if you, I wonder where if you start digging on who owns that and who owns that and all these i'm sure it's a bunch mm. of subsidi subsidiaries i wonder where it actually leads up to i wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it leads back to dominion 
And even if it's not Dominion, I mean, there's any other number of, you know, CIA-backed, you know, companies <clears throat> that it very well could be. Right. Yeah, and that's just software, so it, you'd probably find that it led back to the same software companies or something. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, those, those back doors, those um, oriental, oriental decorations around them. Okay, so Terry, um, we we will keep quiet. I didn't know if you wanted to finish out. If there's any last thing that you wanted to say on that story, um, only that you know, if you think all the elections around the world are fair and honest, then wake up for goodness sake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and watch uh, watch watch the documentaries Ten Thousand Mules, and uh, I think it's Mike Lindell's one's Absolute Proof. They're both pretty convincing about, you know, what was going on in, in America. That's great. Do you think that we could link that in our show notes, Terry? Yes. Good idea. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Okay, great. Well, um, thank you for that story. And this is another one for us to keep our eyes on. And I'm sure that we will probably have more, you know, to discuss about this in the future because, <clears throat> You know, it's the same same storyline, all connected. Um, alrighty, so we are going to move on to Justin. What do you have for us? All right, so I mean, I'm sure everyone's already you know heard about uh, this one. It's uh, Nancy's Pelosi's husband apparently <laughs> uh, has been attacked with a hammer by a man in his underpants who had the hammer and attacked him with it after the police showed up and apparently he got in through a broken window which was smashed the glass was on the outside of it which is doesn't sound real right but uh let's continue on she's third in line for the presidency um neighbors have confirmed um that there is a security detail outside the the residence and they're there regardless of whether or not uh, Nancy Pelosi is there. Um, and then this is from uh, the Western Journal. Uh, when she was there, there was certainly a huge presence. My impression was that the house was constantly monitored. Uh, San Francisco police ultimately responded to the scene, made a 911 call from inside the bathroom, and found David DePape struggling with the 82-year-old uh, Pelosi over a hammer. Um, another note, uh, I'm pretty sure I could overpower an 82 year old in about five seconds. So that mm -hmm. sounds a little, <laughs> a little weird too. Uh, in Campbell's experience, the Pelosi family security detail was present outside their home, regardless of the speaker's whereabout. And they now live in Utah, which that's not very far away from California. I would Let's just say Let's that Campbell didn't kill themselves. <laughs> uh, on, for, on that note, DePape <laughs> didn't kill himself either. For sure. Uh, uh, and then you do have a uh, sec private security expert, Tony Sheena, uh, a former CIA agent, uh, pointed to Pelosi's home secur security as woefully inadequate, speaking to the Daily Mail. The former CIA agent described the breach as an obvious security failure for the family of a high-profile politician to be so vulnerable and exposed. 
we know that there's one thing that the government's doing and it is killing anyone that wants to do anything to stop what they're doing with government like there is no way <laughs> let me continue Campbell described the Pelosi's family security as so stringent that they interfered with their own electronic devices. There was monitoring equipment to make sure that residents couldn't be spied on remotely from any place in the neighborhood, which involves something that interfered with our computer, Campbell recalled, um, which just seems like that would be crazy illegal. Like, you're not allowed to screw with, with radio waves like that. You know, that's be considered hacking uh and then you know finally just to pop is facing federal charges uh for assault on uh, a spouse of a federal official which seems like that's a weird extra charge considering they're supposed to work for us uh and then just a couple of notes that i did uh enjoy uh de Pape is apparently also getting charged with elder abuse <laughs> and um, such a nancy <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and then apparently DePape is a Canadian immigrant that has overstayed their visa. So I wonder if, you know, that was kind of intentional to play, you know, with some sort of immigration thing going on. Uh, and this is a really weird one that a lot of people might have already known. Did you guys know that there's a Zuckerberg General Hospital in San Francisco? I didn't until this. <laughs> until I saw that he got taken there. Yeah, it's, it's, once I saw that he was went to, I went no. Like someone has to be trolling me. He th that can't. Nope. Zuckerberg's General Hospital. Uh, and my last note was that of course, uh, Paul Pelosi's initials are PP. Uh, giggle, giggle. <laughs> uh, Nailed so Nancy sub <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's PP got hammered. <laughs> and then that's that's all i have please discuss okay terry taking it to you yeah thank you um uh this is a great story as well i i, I was tempted to try and do this myself but uh, attacker he's not exactly this spin it in the media uh, like it's a sort of um down to the MAGA republicans again you know it's a you know it's people attacking the deadly a typical MAGA republican supporter and he's a i think he's a former nudist campaigner or something it, his, his house is pictured lamp, lampooned with um, LGBT flags or is, is stretching things to the ridiculous extent. It's like you always say, Ashley, it's so exhausting, really. <laughs> you hear the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and it's, it's, be, it's already become a bit false flaggy in that they're trying to sort of backtrack on a lot of the, you know, the, the, the story starting and the, the police are trying to back off from that a bit now they're not really trying to talk about it and it's uh so you know the, it, as usual these things the the truth comes out more right at the start and then they start changing the story to try and make it match um what they you know the narrative they want to put out there and the idea that this guy broke into the window incidentally leaving glass on the outside of the of the window rather than the inside of the house um and you know with all that security that Nancy Pelosi's got and loads of security cameras as well this is a gated community I believe they live in as well it's just ridiculous <laughs> and that's all I've got to say on the subject I'll tell you when I first heard about it my first thought was okay well if this did happen 
then it was some crazy San Francisco junkie just breaking into a house. And then once I started hearing more about it, and I heard the sheriff come out and say that he, he yelled, where's Nancy at? Um, I was like, oh, this, this, this didn't happen. This is, this is full of baloney. I just picture uh, like the shining, you know, the here's Johnny, but instead it's like, where's Nancy? (laughs) Um, And really quick, I just wanted to add a couple things and I want to hear what Stella thinks too, but I wanted to shout out legal man because he did an episode about this and he was talking about there's so, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this psyop and it does not make sense. All the things that Justin said that don't make sense. The fact that on the call, apparently Paul or whoever called or whatever was like, um, his name is David, but he's a friend, but I don't know him. And they, the way that they described the third person or like when the door was opened, instead of saying who opened the door and he was asking, and, um, he has a lot of followers on Twitter too. And he's been asking people, can anybody send me the actual arrest report? And he said that normally that type of thing is available it cannot be found. He was sent several other documents about that time. And he's like, and at this point, so much time has elapsed that anything that they come out and say is going to be total, either a lie or just something to support the narrative, like whatever is going on here. And then you do have people um, in the news, you know, our, our old favorite war criminal, Hillary Clinton, um, who is, who is pushing this narrative, like saying, uh, you know, continuing to try to bolster the fact that it was a conservative that did this. And and this guy allegedly had websites up, but they, the stories were, you know, dated sooner than the website existed. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff that just, it makes no sense at all. It's another operation. Stella? I don't really know what to make of all of this, apart from, yes, it's clearly a psyop. Uh, it's very unclear exactly what it is. Sometimes these things become clearer in hindsight. Uh, they do seem to, again, we'll repeat, they do seem to need to announce certain things, uh, shove things in our face for us to figure out. Uh, there again, it could be covering something else. It could be distraction. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It's just getting clownier and clownier, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. like that that ball of string that the kitten had, you know, you give a, a piece of string to a kitten, it just ends up this tangled mess after a while. It's just, that's what it feels like at the moment. Everything's just getting more tangled and messier and psyopier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My brain's getting sloppy. Yeah. What's, what's that, Terrence? Yeah, thanks. I, I, I want to say... Um, you know, when it, like false flag operations, I think there are sort of two types. There's, there are false flags that are planned right from the start and, you know, everything's worked out in advance and they might sort of improvise a bit while they're doing it. But there's other ones where things happen more spontaneously and, and then they try and put a spin on it. And I'm thinking of things like maybe the January 6th process, partly set up, but a lot of things, and then they put a spin on it that it was a, some kind of revolution in, in progress. And I, I think this Pelosi thing is the latter. I think it was a like a, a gay date, probably that's gone a bit wrong. And uh, Pelosi's called for the cops because the cops originally said it was like a wellness check. So there, 
they weren't thinking that there was a crime going on. They were, you know, they were just going around to see what was happening. And then this strange third party, who we don't know who it was, let them in. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was more more that something's happened, and they're trying to, to spin it to to basically cover up the fact that Paul Pelosi indulges in some, in some strange nighttime activities. And and maybe when yeah. the hammer attacker was calling out for Nancy. He was calling out for Paul, you know. Maybe that was the role he was playing that night. <laughs> well, and please, everyone that listens, like the the audio recording of the nine one one call is out there. Please listen to it. Yes, and I'm definitely going to go and have a listen to the Legal Man episode. I've I've been a little bit uh, behind on my podcast listening lately, so yeah, uh, I didn't hear the Brad Binkley thing on uh, either. So, a couple yeah. of things to catch up there. We've got uh, Legal Man on the show soon, haven't we? We do. It, that's very exciting. Um, yeah. And I'll be looking forward to hear what you think about both of those episodes, Stella. And of course mm. we'll keep you updated. Um, you know, if anything breaks on this, but I do think that it's a good possibility that Terry is right, that this was something that they're trying to spend to their advantage, but potentially happened organically because Paul Pelosi is a degenerate and even not that long ago, <laughs> he ended up getting a DUI and you think like, okay, look, I'm not judging. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But this man is an 82 year old who has gotten rich off of like insider trading. These people are worth hundred million dollars or however much. I think it's closer to 300. Okay. They're, they're career criminals. And this guy is getting a DUI and he's 82 years old. Speaker of the house husband, you can't have a driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's a degenerate. So, um, and, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's uh, it, you, all the, the discussion made me thinking and this it's weird. I mean, it's not weird per se, but this happened, what, eight days before the midterm elections. And clearly yeah. it's a ploy to get people out there to not vote Republican, which brings up the question, does voting actually matter? Are they actually worried? Like. It seems like a pretty extreme, you know, Jussie Smollett type attack uh, and just whole scenario. Uh, if the, like if voting doesn't matter, what was the point? Do you think um, it's only just really sort of struck me? Do you think there's a possibility that they are trying, are trying to set, to it, set up? it up? I don't really I don't know, know how your election, election system, system works, works, so sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but you've got some midterms coming up. I don't really know really what that means, but obviously it's some sort of an election, right? Do you think it's a possibility they're setting it up so that they don't, don't win, win, they don't want to win for some reason? Because no. you've got, you're muted, Ashley, because you've got Biden, who's, you know, this bumbling fool who seems to be getting more and more senile by the minute. And then you've got these people who are on the same side totally screwing up i mean that was like we need to make this look like it's this bumbled mess well i think biden was the only person that they could even come close to getting away with faking that election they sure as hell weren't going to be able to get say kamala won with like uh, literally <laughs> under one percent of the vote um but i i really think that's that that's just the best that they had to throw in front of me um i think that I have pondered the same thing. So I do think that there was a reason that Biden, I mean, 
I, I feel pretty strongly that that election was fraudulent. I mean, I, we know that, but I think that there, there was a reason that Biden was put in place. And I do think that it was to sort of start the spiral of, you know, zero carbon and, um, and whatever. However, if I have thought the same thing, Stella, because it's like, if they are doing what we think they're doing, which is as Monica Perez has said, third worlding the United States and, and many mm-hmm. other countries, then you have to have something that is third worlding it. So you have to have some either like either the red wave happens and that's when the the clash starts or you or everybody is made to think that there is a red wave happening and of course everybody's like obviously the republicans are going to win because the democrats look what they have done but i i think that they're just going to steal it again and I think it's all so deliberate and so intentional to rub it in people's faces. Um, mm. You know, you have the demoralization aspect of that. You have the continued destruction of the country with stupid policies like zero carbon and like, you know, mm. uh, continuing to put the energy crunch on us. So that's a great question, I think, but I don't know the answer. And I think maybe there's a couple of different ways to play it. Yeah, well, wouldn't it be interesting if they did do the steal this time? Because it would be just, as you say, it'd be just so in your face. It'd be ridiculous. Oh, I mean, if, it's almost like that's what they're trying to do is just shove stuff in our face so much that it's like, how much more are these people going to take? Yeah. I will say <laughs> that if during the, the midterm election, it's basically just um, for like state representatives, governors, uh, state senators, stuff like that, but also uh, federal congressmen. No, it's not. Is it federal at all, or is it all local? I've never voted, so don't blame me. Terry probably knows more than me. Yep, Terry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the Brit for how American politics work. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, thank you. There are some senators, uh, uh, federal senators, I believe, um, up for for grabs as well, aren't they? I think. I think so. Because isn't that what um, Fetterman like, like and Fe- Oz is? Fetterman, the um, that Fetterman, the yep. uh, the guy who makes Biden look like a, an intellectual giant. Well, um, let's not go that he's far. He's standing for Senate, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so, uh, but yeah. what I was saying is, if if Republicans have massive losses. I'm, I really think that people would start marching on Washington armed this time. And that may be what they're after. Now, the other thing that they have been setting up for us is the, um, you know, Biden, Hillary, they are already getting the message out there that there's, oh, there's a chance that these elections are going to be fraudulent, guys. And of course, instead of saying, like, what are you even talking about? This has been what two years and this was the best election ever and now we're two years in and and like oh like the the republicans are stealing it guys and people are gonna be like oh oh well that's so scary (laughs) scary republicans it's like what are you how can you possibly believe anything that they say this time it'll be china sold the election china or maybe maybe saudi arabia they're they're not happy with the saudis 
Right. And apparently Elon and the Saudis are uh, working together with Twitter. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, okay. So does anybody else have anything on this particular issue? Just that this will be a fun one to watch and see what happens. Grab uh, your popcorn. And I will say we did talk a lot about I, I, election stuff. Check out <clears throat> Garland Favorito over yeah. at Voter GA. Yes. Terry? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just want to round off by saying this really was fake and gay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. You I couldn't have so said it better myself. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> All righty. The Brit's on fire tonight. Absolutely he is. <laughs> um, I also do want to give a shout out to our uh, fellow co-host Keel. He's not with us this week. We do miss him. And hope that he feels better soon. And then I want to hand off the last bit of the evening to Stella. What do you have for us, madame? Well, again, another funny little story, uh, (laughs) which is full of intrigue. Um, You may have heard about the Taronga lions. The Taronga Zoo is uh, a zoo in Sydney, Australia. And it was the first zoo in Australia, I believe. Um, it's right in the heart of the city uh, on the coast. Um, it's been there for a long time. And this week there was some escapees, a family of lions, four little lion cubs and the adult had escaped their enclosure, but, uh, there was no dramas really. Um, you know, there's the enclosure within the pen itself then there's another outer wall which is six foot high and then there's yet another outer wall which is the whole zoo enclosed so there's never any possibility that an animal is going to end up out on the streets of Sydney or anything like that I mean that would be very very unlikely but I just what struck me I think was the way it was just it was made out to be so big and it was so, I mean, we're, we're used to them doing that, aren't we? But it was just so over-dramatised, so overplayed. Um, you know, these terrified people were told to get up and, and run, run as fast as they can. And these lions weren't even outside their second wall. It was ridiculous. There's a thing here called roar and snore in the zoo, which is where people can pay a fortune and stay overnight at the zoo so they can stay in like tents and things. So the incident happened very early and it was about 6am, I think it was, something like that. So all these people were, you know, woken up and or startled and, uh, you know, interviewed and interviewed these same people with these kids. And I don't know, it just all seemed a bit over the top for me. It was like, five lions terrify the zoo. And then you look at the pictures and there's these four cute little lion cubs, you know, playing. They're just so non-threatening. <laughs> So, I don't know, I just thought, what was that really about? I suppose it was, you know, going back to my research points that I made last show, the show before, um, it just took me to the why and the where of what was this really about. Um, One thing that struck me is that the Sydney Taronga Zoo is on prime real estate. I have Mm. often wondered, I wonder how long that's going to last there because, man, if people could get there, Hands on that, <laughs> it's just multiple millions of dollars. Same with the um, graveyard at, at Bondi. That's, that's another one that's full of dead people on prime real estate. Mm. 
So I don't know how long that's going to last. But anyway, I, I totally digress there. So it got me wondering and I thought, you know, there's often um, these things are symbolic, these strange stories that come out and it's they flood the news so you can't miss it. But it was sort of a nothing. It was a storm in a teacup. So I, I started just looking at symbolism of, of lines, five lines, four lines. Um, it did take me... I mean, I'm just spitballing here, okay? So it just it took me to India um, where they've, they're have constructing a new parliament building. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, it, it sort of brings it down to a republic situation, which Australia could be in at the moment since the Queen has died. Um, they tried to bring up the republic thing in the 90s and it was rejected, the 1990s. It was rejected. Um, I'm just wondering. It's sort of a watch this space thing. I'm just wondering whether there's going to be some sort of a tie with the Republic issues going to come up again, or whether there's some kind of tie with India that's about to go down. I'm not sure because when I when I went when I went to India, there's this massive new, uh, well, this strange Parliament building going up. It's it's quite odd actually. You should Google it and have a look. It's strange shapes and things it kind of reminded me of the vatican architecture a little bit mm. that that weird assembly hall mm-hmm. but i've noticed a lot of these um government high up government buildings and things they're all taking on this weird architecture like you know triangles and spheres and odd squares and things uh, so this building itself is odd but there's this massive bronze structure um that has just been produced uh, to put on top of the parliament building it's called the lions of the lions of ashika hmm. lion, lion capital of ashika it's four lions um and they're sort of constructed back to back so they're kind of all looking out like north south east west type thing and there's this big controversy going on at the moment because this new massive bronze statue which is um constructed at 33 metres above ground level, by the way. Um, mm. <clears throat> it's high-purity bronze, and uh, it's been created based on the old lines of Ashika, but apparently people are really upset because the new lines look fierce. And basically they're, they're saying it's distorting India's message of peace. Hmm. So these, these new lines are like they're bearing their teeth, they're snarling. It's, they're looking menacing. And so there's quite a big controversy going on in India at the moment about all this. Um, I don't know. I, I was just sort of seeing that. I just, I just don't know whether there's any kind of connection or whether it was just completely Stella going off the dial well, <laughs> off I, a rocker. I feel like Terry has some input he wants to yeah. get. Oh, Terry, that. yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, thank you. Uh, um, I had a question, and I'll come back to you on it, if that's all right. They use the lions as an excuse to lock everyone in their houses again, because it it sort of brought to mind the Boston Marathon bombing thing where they told everyone to stay in, you know, because it was really dangerous for these terrorists out there. Um, so I was wondering if they're just trying the old lockdown strategy again. What was that first bit that you said, Terry? I missed the... What was the connection with the lions? I think he was saying that. Sorry. Um, uh, sorry, Terry, go ahead. You go, Terry. Uh, sorry, yeah, it's my my horrible connection. I was asking if they if they 
were asking people to stay in the houses again because of these dangerous lions. Because they were using it as an excuse to lock everyone in their houses again. Oh, right. Yes. Um, well, that is, yes, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because there was uh, a few different reports, but one of the reports I read was that there was a bunch of school children there that were also staying in the roar and snore thing, um, and they were apparently locked in, there was a number of them locked in, I think it was bathrooms, public bathrooms, facilities or something for about 90 minutes, mm. which I thought was a bit I guess, yeah, that's a fairly normal thing to report, I guess. There's nothing really sus there. But the whole incident, I mean, it was so small. It was over and done with in 10 minutes. The lions were like, they had to actually tranquilise one of the lion cubs, which I thought was another weird thing because, yeah, I don't know. That was, it It just all seems a little bit odd to me. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point, Terry. They had to make everyone scared, run, even though there was no threat. And lock them up for longer than they kind of had to be. I mean, 10 minutes, you know. I mean, police came. It was just this big, you know, the helicopters above, you know. So it just seemed like a storm in a teacup. And I just wondered what the real thing behind it was. But this, yeah, this Indian thing was kind of interesting. So I don't know, maybe we'll see some kind of ties with India coming up or some sort of republican thing i don't know watch this space <laughs> yeah so um i have a question too stella okay so as far as the republic aspect of it would that be similar to like scottish voting on their scottish independence like it would be australia choosing to be their own entity even though they're they're all run by the same people but would that be what that is the illusion of yeah the illusion i don't know how the scots do it particularly but um yeah us being a commonwealth still at the moment um means yes we are still under the crown and yeah. now that the crown's swapped over and charlie's at the wheel uh climate change charlie yeah don't know what's <laughs> going to happen there i don't think he really wants i mean as much as he says he loves australia and everything i don't know i don't know whether he really wants we're just down here with what does we're, does, we're a test case that's about it do you think terry loves australia I think Terry, so. Terry has a comment and uh, he, yes, go ahead, Terry. Uh, I just want to shed a bit of light. Uh, Scotland's a bit different because, you know, officially Scotland's part of the United Kingdom. So part of the same country. So Scotland uh, was asking for independence. Australia's already got independence, but they their head of state is the, the crown, you know, the king or the, or the queen as it was. So uh, what they want to do is replace their head of state with presumably, Stella, someone elected like a president or something. Yeah, um, well, we still have the governor general, but as I said, when we were talking about the floods, he's about as useful as tits on a bull. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know where it would lead. I don't know what the social climate is now. I think, you know, the generation of people who kicked back against the Republic in the 1990s, they're pretty much dying off now. Um, there's not many of the original soldiers left, and in fact, none, I don't think. Um, the people who sort of understood what a Republic means as opposed to being still under the crown. There are, there are. I did go into it at some point, but you know, it's, it's boring. But there are certain things that are an advantage of being under the crown. But you know, now that the crown's changed, who knows? I don't think most people realize that the Europe has anything to do with 
Australia in the 21st century. I don't think most Australians have any idea about that either. (laughs) (laughs) But she's on the money, right? (laughs) Queen Elizard Beast is on the money. She is. Yeah, well, she is. Uh, I don't know when they're going to be bringing... Well, I suppose once the coronation happens, which I think is May next year or June, it's it's definitely... It's on um, Prince Harry's uh, baby's birthday. I know that mm-hmm. because there was a bit of a hoo-ha about that. So do you have to turn in all your money that has the Queen's picture on it with the new money like they do in England? When I oh, read I that... I think so. When I read that, all the queen money has to be changed out for king money it just blew my mind like what a wild waste of reason we have to do that that's what i read i don't know about that because i'm sure we've still got coins floating around with old what was the one before elizabeth terry was it king edward uh it was uh george wasn't it i'm not really sure i think it's the one in uh yeah the one in um the king's speech what was he liz lizzie's lizard dead (laughs) <laughs> this is this is dad yeah this is dad he's a dad <laughs> um and meanwhile we're talking about king money and queen money but me and justin just want dog money putting it all in dog money 400k means 400k nines <laughs> i got yeah. i got three million shiba I put a hundred bucks into it a long time ago. <laughs> so I just needed it to be a penny and I'm quitting the podcast and leaving all of you for, I'm going to, I'm going to buy up Epstein Island and repurpose it. And that's, <laughs> that's gotta be on the market for cheap. It's like, it's like the worst of a haunted house. He still owns yeah. it. Um, yeah, okay. Back to sell a story though. I did want to ask also, I'm, I am curious about the link with India because what is the relationship with China and Australia? Because I feel like there has been, um, you know, something there. And then we also, to throw it back, we know that they're setting up BRICS, which is uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Yes. So I'm curious if, you know, if, if there is some, some connection there also because aren't a uh, connection with china yeah because aren't china and india rivals they're they're not friendly depends what angle you're coming from if if you're coming from the what the public sees then you could ask that question but you know further up the ladder we all know it's all right. run by the same it's all just charading illusionary playing out roles isn't it not i'm not trying to be you know i'm not saying that everything's just a joke but it, there's all purpose yeah we only see and hear what they want us to right so um as far as connection with china goes well i mean yeah there's for, for years now we've been you know we we're all part of the whole trying to develop third world countries by basically de-developing our own um you know give them a chance so a lot of our industry we we had some excellent industries in australia that's all sort of been shut down over the decades now um and you know given to china um that has helped china grow exponentially along with the rest of the world doing same west western world mm-hmm. um so yes i mean china owns a lot of real estate here there are there was a massive influx of chinese but i mean the chinese have been coming over since the 1800s with help with the gold rush 
basically, I suppose you could say they were sort of slaves, really, in one sense, because they were they were the workers, you know, on the gold fields, etc. They'd work for cheap, and um, so there's lots of uh, we've had uh, prime ministers in the past, Kevin Rudd, um, who you know he actually spoke Mandarin. He was he was mm. very chummy with the Chinese. We've had the Belt and Road Initiative thing that was going on that was accepted sort of very sleazily, um, particularly by Dan Andrews in Victoria. And I did read recently that that had been exposed and was now non-active. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it was very quietly. It wasn't announced, that's for sure. I thought that was really odd. So, yes, we do have a lot of – I mean, we are Australasia. They started mm. us calling us Australasia in – I think it was about the 80s. Um, they wanted us to be part of Asia. Yeah, that's well, 1984. Obviously based on money. I was um, dropping off fake news, and um, they're they're just they're making Prince or King Andrew money, and then they're gonna remove the Queen money once it's um, worn out. Uh, sorry, it's Terry. Out, yeah. I okay. Didn't mean to- sorry, Terry has What's Terry what? is. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> King Charles. King Charles money. Um, uh yeah uh, uh, we've got a friend in uh, new zealand and she says there's a lot of chinese coming in buying up property just like they're doing everywhere else uh and you know buying up a lot of industries and going to live there and i think the same thing's happening in australia and i was i was going to ask you stella didn't you say on the discord chat the other day that they bought the port at was it darwin or somewhere in one of those places up north they basically own the port, and, and they've done this a lot in America as well, haven't they? they? They own a lot of big sort of facilities and ports and things. Yeah, the Chinese have had a 99-year lease over the Darwin port. I don't know when that happened. It was a while ago. It wasn't, like, recent. But, um, I mean, I, I've, I've seen the, the Chinese warship on Google Earth. It's, it's permanently parked there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how that's all going to yeah. go with what was happening with the Americans coming over. Anyway, that's completely disconnected. But, um, yeah, there's there's industry i mean we're chummy we're chummy we have mm. to be um we were sending over all our sort of recyclable stuff to china at some point and then they decided not we're we're not going to do this anymore so that's sort of put our recycling industry into um yeah that's sort of wrecked that a little bit um it's just it's obvious china's sort of on the rise they've they've got they're getting it together they don't really need to be you know the third world slaves of the Western world anymore so much. Uh, that's fairly obvious. But yeah, you'd go to you'd go to you'd go to auctions here in Australia. Um, there'd be it was very noticeable over once you know the influx of lo- lots of immigrants, not just Chinese, but um, you know the great Australian dream of hold, owning a house had just got it's almost impossible really. You know, without you turn up to an auction and there'd be one or two or three white people and the rest were all, you know, whatever, immigrants or whatever. And they just like have, have bags of cash when you can't outbid that, wow. you know, and then they'd get around laws as well. Like, you know, if, if they couldn't own it, they'd, they'd just be there representing someone who could, you know? Um, so yeah, they, they bought up big, I don't know how much real estate they own it. Last time I checked America actually owned the most real estate in, in, in Australia, but I, be, I think that would have changed by now. It's been a while since I looked that one up always wondered what what is the real deal and maybe that can be found through research of what transpired in china because there's definitely the the henry kissinger connection um to china which i i consider that basically 
I now consider the United States an extension of the English empire. Um, so I just really wonder what happened that these people were, and, and Henry Kissinger is not from here, but has been an American for a long time. Um, but what, what happened to make the connection between them and Xi Jinping and be like, yes, we're definitely selling, you know, our entire countries that manufacturing all of that stuff to, to help bring China up. I wonder if it was because China was already a good example of like the most subservient culture that you could have, like the closest to being fully controlled, fully communist. Um, and that's why the deal was made or, you know, did Xi Jinping have something on these people? I just don't understand. Do y'all have any thoughts on that? Well, I can tell you that they're still doing full COVID-19, uh, zero, zero COVID policies. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, you got to wonder if they're ever going to start to stand up against the government. Right. Wuhan is it, in lockdown right now. Yeah. And I, I saw That's a story right, yeah. a couple of days ago that you couldn't leave um, Disneyland Shanghai without a COVID test. What a bad it's, place to get stuck. <laughs> right. It's it's just crazy. I, they They really are pretty subservient, but you got to wonder if they had guns, if, you know, they'd be putting up with it. I think also, you know, it's, it's China's a force to be reckoned with um, because even if it's just purely out of the number of people, there's a lot of right. people. It's a big part of the world. It's a big country and, you know, better to have them as your friend than your enemy. Let's work together. Why be opposed? And I think the, probably the answer is, you know, the international monetary funds, that's what's, sort of, I don't know, I suppose, networked the world in one sense. They just come in and lend a crap load of money that to whatever, prop yourselves up, get yourselves on an even keel. They just want everyone kind of on an even keel. Um, so, you know, the International Monetary Funds have gone in, given a stack of money to countries that they know can't pay it back or what have you. I don't know what the situation will be with China, but I'm going to guess that that's, that's thrown in there somewhere. To be Council fair, that's foreign better. Affairs. That's better than what we do and just go and bomb the living shit out of everything. <laughs> That's too expensive now. I think they're just finding we cheaper ways to have wars. We should do a main episode on China and Russia. That'll be interesting. It would be. I, I desperately would like to know what, you know, and Stella makes a great point. It could be that. But what was the decision to like, we have prosperous countries and we are going to completely decimate these industries in order to prop China up. But I, it probably does lead back to just money and power, money and power, money and power. Mm. I think it was under the guise of um, human, the rights, human rights. You know, why should there be countries that are struggling and starving and, you know, with not self-sustaining when there are countries that are. So I think the guise was to bring them all up to, you know, give them a go, give them a chance to be self-sustaining, you know, give a, give a man a fish, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that was the idea of it, but I think whatever the actual real reasons are, are probably far, far removed from human rights. Yeah, and I think there's a connection between Kissinger, Harvard, Anil Schwab, 
and Xi Jinping as well. Like, I'm pretty sure that was it Kissinger yeah. was a professor to Klaus Schwab. And I do think that Xi Jinping is either involved with like Harvard or Yale, or there is some, you know, some little bit more World economic of, forum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a secret society type connection um, there as well. But anyway, there's an idea in the conspiracy community that you know China's behind it all, isn't it? That's one one theory that they're actually, you know, behind this COVID plot. Although it doesn't seem to be working out too well for them. Okay, but what if but, you know? What if I knows. were to tell you? There's a lot of dodgy connections in in America. Sorry, I was just going to say there's a lot of dodgy connections in Western, you know, high up people in Western governments. You seem to have dodgy connections to the CCP and, and China. And yes. uh, there's a British Jeremy Hunt, I, I think the chancellor at the moment, he's, his wife was um, went through some CCP training. She's mm -hmm. Chinese. She's got a very dodgy background. So, you know, you do wonder. Yeah. And Mark Zuckerberg's married to Chan Zuckerberg. Just saying. Yeah, I do. I wonder about this all the time. I really do. There, I feel like there's a lot to be unearthed here. And I know that Corbett talks, he has some, um, you know, episodes about like Henry Kissinger and that kind of thing. But I just really feel like there's something significant there. Oh, totally. I'm totally with well, you on the Kissinger thing, Ashley. And I'm pretty sure if um, you dig hard enough, uh, I saw some pretty good memes linking um, world power also to Israel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to go there. <laughs> I, that you know, wants to go there. <laughs> I, saw, I saw some memes that some black guy I've never, like, I don't know. I guess he's famous. I don't know. But I, I don't know anything. I haven't looked no. into it. Mr. East. Oh, uh, that, yeah. Clint Eastwood, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i'm sorry I, mean, I digress there there's yes which we have talked about that the um you know the behold a pale horse um somebody help me bill cooper bill. william cooper yeah. um okay. chapter five, 15 in the original book which is the protocols of the elders of zion but he tells you to replace zion with scion and goyim with cattle basically and so he seemed to believe that it was people under the guise of jewishness like that this was some sort of a psyop saying that that basically the predator class was jewish but actually they're just the predator class mm. well now we're all getting canceled yeah, <laughs> <Zip>. <laughs> I, th I think that's how you make it these days, though. You need a little controversy. You do. Just ask Eminem. Um, okay, well, you read I... my mind. <laughs> I think I think it would be a fascinating thing to talk about if we could somehow come up with some code words, <laughs> which could make an interesting conversation. Well, I heard <laughs> JM is one of them. I'd love to do all the all the contra controversial subjects. <laughs> Okay, I'm yeah, I mean, it. how cancelable are we yet? Maybe we can get away with more stuff. <laughs> the cancelled episode. Well, what's going to happen is is they'll wait until we actually have something worth losing here, and then they'll yeah. dig it up. Do do <laughs> us the way they did Shane Gillis. That's it. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that is a very interesting story, Stella. Um, I know we've kind of gotten on a, we've had a long discussion about a lot of things starting with the topic at the zoo. And I'm very curious to see where that ends up going. Um, it's wild how we can get from the zoo all the way to China, a middle, yeah, Middle Eastern countries and, and Far East China. Watch those pandas. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. They are. <laughs> okay. Well, Stella, um, do you want to uh, go ahead and go on to our research topic? That sort of was. Um, okay. In the sense of just, yeah, just, just people kind of looking at things a little bit different, remembering that what they bring to you is there for a reason. It's there for a reason with its timing um read between the lines uh if things don't make sense just keep them in the back of your mind because somewhere down the track they probably will it kind of reminded me of you know the the monkey the monkey thing with the trucks the truck accident and the monkey oh, and yeah. the woman getting bitten and then yeah. not far oh, yeah, down the track. we had monkey yeah. pox you know that mm. kind of thing that that was the uh, the ilk of where i was coming from it was like i what I are we going to see down the track I completely forgot about here. That was just a few months ago. Yeah. It was it at the beginning. Like, it feels like a decade ago. Are they going to come up? Know. Are they going to come up with lion pox now? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Don't don't maybe. give them ideas, Terry. I just, yeah, yeah just watch it. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing that I would say, um, and I feel like you did mention this, Stella, but basically like there, and I think that Stella and I are probably m- we definitely seem to be very interested in kind of like their symbolism that they mm. are throwing in our faces. So I, I do think, and you probably even mentioned it here, Stella, but basically like keep an eye on that symbolism too, because yes. sometimes it may, you know, it's so, it's so layered that sometimes it's the symbology of it, I think. And then some, you know, and we've talked about this, that it's multifaceted too. So they could be like doing symbolism and a lockdown, you know, putting a lockdown bug in people's ear basically and, and making a play for that land. It could be all of the above. Yes. And also don't forget, uh, Ollie Damagard. Um, he sort of woke me up to some of the things that the way they big t they trademark work is um giving signs to each other without actually having anything on record sometimes it's just looking at symbology within news items for instance um you know it might be shoes it might be baby strollers it might be the color purple whatever it may be mm-hmm. this could be that it could be hey guys the lions and we've yes. just launched the lions okay gotcha. lions are out Thanks. yes yes I'm that's sh- a great point. I'm sure that they do symbology and all of that, but that's just such a deep rabbit hole to go down. Like, yeah, that's yeah, a rabbit hole in, in a lion's den. I mean, that's yeah, it's dangerous because uh, once <laughs> once you start seeing it, you back. can't start unseeing it. That's no, right. Sure. Exactly. That is for what? sure. Um, maybe we could do an episode on occult symbolism. I would be very interested in that. I mean, there's a lot out there on celebrity. A lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, we run the podcast. We can do topics on whatever we want. True. <laughs> Let's do it. Cyber lines. Cyber lines. Yeah, we'll need I a bit of talk about Elon Musk's latest project. Cyber lines. <laughs> Why not? 
Yeah. Oh, I thought he. I thought you were being serious, Terry. Like, I, was like, oh, yeah. I also thought he was being serious. <laughs> yes. he's, he's just bringing this up now? <laughs> Everyone went very quiet. Well, it, it's, it's Poe's law. Uh, reality and satire are indifferential at this point. Ah, that was just quickly that you just reminded me that was one other thing. There was there was a movie that came out called Four Lines, and it was a terrorism satire. Now there's a new genre. <laughs> that was only 2018 or 19. I've watched it. It's a British film. It's very funny. It's yeah, right. Funny. Okay. It sounded good. I like the premise. It's it's very very black. Yeah, it's very funny. It's just sort of they're, they're these sort of comedy terrorists. Yeah. They they want to be like ISIS, but they're really crap. What's uh what's it's called? What is it called again? Four lines. Uh, four lines. Four lines. Bowl of lines. No four. four. The number four. Oh, four lines. Gotcha. <laughs> four. Like like the ones that escaped in Taronga, but they were just little cubs. Between the vodka and the and and the accents, you, you can't believe. I'm American. <laughs> I the, what they said. Here you go. You're the ones with the accents. How many times? <laughs> how many times have I got to do that? You're the guys with the accents. <laughs> Those are fighting words, sir. That's we fought true. a war over the accent. <laughs> war. <laughs> oh, Stella, well, was that was that your American accent? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Ooh, that makes oh. me happy. That's for uh, like an after, you know, like a Friday call. Then we'll have to just have you say the stuff. I'll do an American accent, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got us all saying y'all. It's just so much easier to type y'all. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? It's more better. <laughs> it is. Oh, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna say that's my favorite British word because it, I mean it doesn't make sense like like it shouldn't make sense but it's 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 not correct but it's just easier in it in it yeah I'm glad someone it. done it <laughs> okay fam well thank you all this was been um, this has been a great call and I have really enjoyed it so does anybody else have any final words before we close off for the evening well it's nope. zuckerberg hospital that one still blows my mind and that's that's all i have to say <laughs> mental hospital for all the social media victims yeah <laughs> is that what is that where all the twitter employees are going <laughs> <laughs> they call it a hospital zucker clinics <laughs> Well, uh, what's what's what episode is coming out Saturday? Is that uh, toxic masculinity? Yes. Ooh, I can't. I wasn't yes. part of that. I can't wait to listen. That's going to be a good one. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Good. Okay. Well, Terry, do you have anything to close us out with? Uh, I will just say that I like lions, so I was very pleased by the last story. <laughs> oh yes, correct. it could be, it could be a purpose, a completely harmless lion story, Terry. So just enjoy the lions. We have uh, uh, mystery cats in Britain, of course. Um, people see these big cats all over the place, and we're not supposed to have any big cats, so that's why I quite like lions. Mm -hmm. We've it's got a that whole too in Australia. Itself. 
Yeah, we've got that in Australia as well. Yep. There's, there's massive yeah, cats do, that yeah. apparently went um, got yeah, out do, of circuses yeah. back in the old days. Hmm. So that's a whole other episode, and Ashley's really trying hard to close this mm. out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we can stay on after. Um, but, okay, so if nothing or if no one has anything else to add, then I will just close us down. And I wanted to sign off with um, the main way that you can find out how to get in touch with us. That's our website, unionoftheunknowns.com. So that has all of our contact information on there, but I will run over a couple of other things. You can email us at unionoftheunknowns at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail and fan mail for us and hate mail for Justin at our phone number, which is 404-482-3130. And then you can find us on Twitter at unionunknowns. And I think that's it for, um, for our show. Another Not Your Mama's News in the books, fam. This was Excellent. a fun one. Yes, thank you very much, everyone. Good job, Ashley. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. This good was job, really, Ashley. Really good. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it a lot. Good night, everyone. It's love. Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.